0: This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Today's Flyperbole brought to you by Kevin Tanine's Baked Bean. Yes, folks, there's no finer bean than Kevin Deneens. Craig, I had a week off, and you know what I did with that week off? I found out who let the dogs out.
1: Oh, shit. Who, who did?
0: You know, it, it it turns out... It turns out... I don't have a good answer for that, actually. I was going to think of... <laughs> The most ridiculous person I could, and I just blanked. I should have come up with this in advance. Uh, a consortium of people came up with Who Let the Dogs Out over a course of many years, starting with high school or college football chants. That's actually what it came down to. But this was oh. uh, barely a documentary on Hulu. It was, I think, just over an hour. I don't even think it was an hour and a half. Like it, That is barely a movie. It's, it's less than a Tiger King. I believe.
1: That that does sound less than a Tiger King. So hold on. D- how much was were the Baja men uh, discussed? Were they like a focal point of this uh, documentary?
0: The Baja men like were a- in the documentary for the first ten minutes. Okay,
1: and then because
0: they covered the song.
1: Yes, and then it was uh, some Ray Lewis mentioning in there. I think a lot of that was like the main Ray Lewis chant. I think when uh.
0: uh the I Mariners were involved in it
1: the mariners were involved okay the,
0: Mar- the mariners used that song during one of their runs in the late <laughs> <Did they really? laughs> the 90s early 2000s yeah
1: but well they one had- ridiculous year they had like 107 wins or some shit and then lost in the first 116, round 16 yeah and- <laughs> oh. 116 okay yeah so that sounds very much like a team that would have the I don't think it matter. was that
0: team though I'm not, I, I'm not um, sure but Arod was still on the team when this happened that's all i know but it's wow. Re- regardless it wasn't the worst use of my time but It wasn't the best. I am kind of fascinated with that song, though. Like, why was that song a hit? Like, I was alive when it was a hit, and I didn't understand why it was a hit at the time. And it's, like, the favored reference of dads everywhere. Like, dads love to to reference Who Let the Dogs Out because they're—it's like, you know, asking the question kind of thing and setting somebody up for a joke.
1: Uh, uh it was it was referenced... actually that's
0: the documentary i'm gonna make is the history of dads joking with who let the dogs out
1: <laughs> your documentary is gonna ooh, be ooh, documentary ooh. how it was put together just figuring out how they made this documentary
0: <laughs> <laughs> somebody took the time to make a full most of a full documentary about one of the weirdest hit songs of all time
1: I, I'll say this, that came out, I'm not guilty of, uh, I mean, I was a kid when the song came out, so I can't, I don't want to say I'm at fault for making it popular, I'm just saying at the time, I thought it slapped. You know, it, it was good to me, but I was also like 9 or 10, so I can't have all late on May, alright? I was I was just doing Little League, like playing Little League and stuff and going to school and the uh, song was catchy, alright? I don't know what you want from May, but I don't know why it was so popular, because it was this not a what's
0: it was not a good song and this is what happens when we don't have hockey in our lives and we've watched most of the content rewatched a lot of stuff we watch stuff about who let the dogs out that's what it comes down to but the good news is we are getting closer and closer to the return of hockey in theory
1: in theory and apparently today was a big in theory step towards actually getting uh getting the league back out on the ice and actually playing uh so right now this week the big thing this week was phase two started players and teams non entire teams uh not uh, not everybody from the teams were out and practicing and everything but uh organizations open their facilities and small groups of players could go uh to the ranks and practice and according to uh jason Martitas, who is now uh, the flyers podcaster flyers insider uh said that six players uh were in these uh groups this week, which is the most amount allowed by the league, and according to him Provorov, katori and uh, Gossespierre were there um, I, he didn't say the other three or he didn't really rattle off the other three so, uh...
0: Of course Provorov a- was there, and of course yeah. Couturier was there neither of those guys are surprising in any way, shape, or form, like Ivan Provorov he's probably is been working pro- out remote on his own, like he's been a mountain man, just like, living yeah. off the land, and, and bench-pressing logs somewhere He's
1: probably yeah. He's doing he's doing these uh tr- like training sessions and then he'll do like a decathlon afterwards too. That's pretty much what his like weekly has been. So just uh he's a madman and uh, he's bringing his work regimen back here. Katori yeah, is not another big surprise. Ghost is a little bit. I wouldn't have expected that, but I guess if he wants to get in the good graces of the coaches right now, I guess that's not the worst way to do it. But uh this is so getting to even phase two is a big step from you know, we had been sitting idle in phase one for,
0: it's also a lot of work. Take care of those French bulldogs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's got to get back in the game shape for, you know, being home and, uh, making sure they all stay, you know, he's the same height
0: as those combined three French bulldogs. So
1: <laughs> yeah, it's to, more.
0: to deal with all that, it's a difficult thing for a man of his stature.
1: Yeah. He likes That was how he stayed in shape. Cause he just sparred with the, the, the dogs. He just did some, uh, you know, put on the gear and everything. And, uh, took some punches left and right, so. But uh, the, let's see here, so that's phase two. And that's what we're going on right now. Phase three is the next big step, obviously, because, you know, one, two, three, four. Uh, and that could potentially start, or this, the start date for that is July 10th. Uh, before they had just kind of been talking about the middle of July, it could be July 12th, could be July 10th. Uh, they finally ironed out today that it was going to be July 10th is the, the target date for starting phase three. And apparently that was a big deal for both sides because now they see the finish line, I guess. And now they have to just iron out a few more things and then agree to those uh, decisions. And then phase three should be underway on July 10th with no issues at all. uh, According to Chris Johnson of Sportsnet, um, these are the four things they still need to agree upon before they get to uh, the vote in late June, I guess, because late NHL and NHLPA are going to get together in late June and then just agree to these things that they'll work on pushing through right here. But uh, the to-do list, uh, get clarity from the Canadian government on whether a 14-day quarantine will continue to apply to NHL players entering the country, which directly affects whether Toronto, Edmonton, Vancouver can be chosen as a hub city and whether Canadian-based teams might choose to move their training camps to the U.S. Uh, This was a thing I saw talked about again this week because Vancouver was talking about possibly having a training camp in the U S uh, and also Calgary. And I think Toronto talked about it as well, but, uh, from what I've heard, and it sounds like even the, uh, this deadline, uh, IRL outside of the sports world is getting pushed further back to late July. But apparently this is the thing that's going to be cause the least amount of inconvenience for the league. Uh, this is something they're not concerned at at all when it comes to the players going back and forth between the two countries. I don't know why that's a thing or why they feel that way, but We'll see if it uh, doesn't impact the teams at all. Um, finalizing the two hub cities and where the games will be played and uh, going back to the 10 cities that they supplied a couple weeks ago, those cities are Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver. Uh, based on some of the state's reopening or, uh, and or doing their effective red, the yellow, to green phase. I'm not sure if every state's doing that right now, but uh, some of these states or some of these locations, I think are, are probably going to be ruled out pretty soon. if they haven't been already, I think Texas, is I one am of the-
0: shocked. I am shocked that there's so many big cities involved here. Yeah. Like, yeah, like yes, huge is- cities is the thing. Like obviously these are all big cities, but well, except for Pittsburgh. No, it's like nothing, yeah, but yeah, like the- Chicago and Los Angeles in particular are huge cities
1: yeah no they're gigantic and i don't like my thing too is those few cities have to be i feel like just can't be in contention for holding spots just because there's gonna be too many obstacles as is and then also the reopening of states i i thought texas was like one of six or seven states where they reopen and then their covid 19 cases immediately shot up again so they have to look at possibly shutting it back down again which i feel like would rule out dallas so you got Chicago, Dallas, and LA, right there, is three of them. Uh, Edmonton, I know, has made a big push. And so I, I believe today, uh, British Columbia came forward and was like advocating to a league that Vancouver should also be a spot that they uh, as a hub city. So I think uh, Vegas, Edmonton, and Vancouver are still being looked at as uh, hub cities if they return to play. But yeah, Pittsburgh, I feel like. Well, Pittsburgh, I mean, they are, I don't know. They've been in yellow for a while, I think, in terms of... Yeah, 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 (laughs) fittingly, actually. But they are also, like, you got to think about... Fans aren't going to want to go to Pittsburgh. It's Pittsburgh. People that live in Pittsburgh, I don't think, want to go there. So they might actually evacuate the city and help, you know, keep that number of people in town limited. But I don't... I feel like they... I feel bad for whatever (laughs) players have
0: to go there. I mean, you're going to get fed (laughs) nothing but coleslaw and french fry sandwiches... There's just going to be your only condiments going to be mustard or Heinz ketchup, which is fine. You know, that's, yeah. it's the, that's the best ketchup, but it's like, it's no good. It, it, that's all your options? French fry and coleslaw <laughs> sandwiches? I guess maybe some pierogies. I like pierogies, but you can only eat so many pierogies.
1: I really think, like, looking at, so, I mean, the other.
0: Uh... Also, Rock Slides.
1: The Pittsburgh other... is not
0: trustworthy land. I don't trust Pittsburgh with our. Our dear NHLers. Oh, I no. say nay. If I had a gavel, <laughs> I'd bring it down here.
1: So do you think, I mean, based on the other options here though, and the whole idea of two hub cities, one for each conference, it looks like Columbus has got to be the front runner for the East end, because uh, Toronto is another ginormous city. And then if you're, if they're throwing out the issues of players going back and forth between North America and, I mean, not North American, America, uh, Canada and USA, I feel like uh, having one of the hub cities in Canada has to be somewhat of an issue. So I feel like if you do pick
0: like I almost feel like they had they were obligated to throw Toronto in there just because you got to make the Leafs happy wherever you can.
1: That's I hope that's why. I mean, that would make that makes some sense from that angle. But I mean, it's uh, it sounds like Vegas, Vegas. They seem pretty dead set on Vegas. I think it's Vegas be makes Vegas. a lot of sense. Yeah. Um,
0: Just the fact that you can you can take a whole hotel and hold those guys up, you know, put those guys up in this hotel and really limit how many people they are talking to. And also you have a lot of food and gym variety, you know, like options, things like that. Vegas makes a ton of sense. And I'm in favor of Columbus. Uh, Edmonton's also fine, but it makes more sense to have an east option and a west option.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, I mean, even. Yeah. And of course, based. I feel like Minneapolis just has to be out of this now because of recent events. So I feel like they can't, they can't entertain this idea right now. So like look, these cities are just getting, I, I'm not even sure where else they can really, uh, besides Vegas, what the main one's going to be. But I didn't see any front runners uh, doing the research this week or trying to keep a track of everything this re- week. So it looks like, uh, to me, it looks like it's still Vegas and one other city. And of course they have until the end of June to really figure that out. Uh Third issue they're looking at, reach agreement on the collective bargaining issues pertaining to the return to play, which include critical dates, the 2021 uh, salary cap, a potential cap on escrow, and other contractual matters, and then established protocols that govern phases three and four, which include testing, rules governing those who produce a positive test, living conditions in the hub cities, family visits, and roughly a thousand other considerations, both big and small. So again like i've been i don't know like we've been saying i just feel like there's a lot of excitement and there's a lot of hype for this to get going but there's still like a ton of stuff that needs to get ironed out and i still don't have the most amount of faith in a league that we've watched over the years just piss away perfectly fine seasons because they couldn't get to an agreement on how much like the player should be paid and everything because the
0: owners don't want to play don't want to pay these players jack shit like exactly Yeah, like it's it's just remarkable to me to look at NHL. I remember I was talking to somebody that doesn't know anything about the NHL, I think last year. And he asked basically what the highest paid player in the NHL makes. And I was like, I think around 14 million. And he's like, what? (laughs) Like LeBron makes that for, you know, I mean, for like playing five minutes, right? (laughs) Oh Yeah,
1: Sam Bradford makes that. Was making that a couple years ago for being the bottom of the barrel when it comes to starting QBs. So he was Sand making
0: sleeves. Yeah,
1: he was making more than Connor McDavid. So that's pretty. That's uh, pretty gross. Not great. But uh, so again, and like that, the fourth, the fourth, fourth bullet point is not a simple thing to do. Like that's the main. They still have to iron out pretty much everything with the rest of this process. And that was thrown in there. I was like, oh yeah, they just have to do this too. So uh, a lot of the major. Major things they need to check off the list, I guess, are, are done, but they still need to iron out a lot of the minor details now. And again, my uh, this is based off, uh, I believe Woe's dropped this today, uh, and I'm only bringing it up because the NHL hasn't said anything uh, like this, but it makes me wonder if uh, Petman... And everybody else is going to look into an option like this for an, uh, NHL players. Uh, the NBA and the MBPA are agreeing on a plan that would allow players to stay home without consequences for this return-to-play format. Uh, Woj adds the players would lose a portion of their salary if they stay home. Uh, there has been approximately 40 50 players who have discussed on conference calls recently whether it's a good idea to restart the season later this summer at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. Um, and we've talked about players in the NHL that have already pushed back on this. We know Gudis well, didn't exactly sound like a fan of returning to play. Uh, Nick Fellino really didn't. Uh, Matt Duchesne didn't want to play in a COVID cup like he didn't want the league to kind of hastily put together a random tournament that you know was going to hand out a cup winner here. And I feel like uh, I don't know if this is going to be a thing the NHL is going to try to do with their players, but I feel like if they do do this, and it ends up being a handful of players aren't on these teams for the postseason, that just makes an even bigger you know, this is kind of like a sideshow tournament, and not really the postseason. And again, as you've said before on here, Steve, uh, a lot, but I want to kind of emphasize too, like, I'm all for watching a tournament. I'm just worried about, like, the... not really worried about anything. It's the... I feel like each time this this uh postseason gets cheap a little it just makes me feel like the rangers or like the canadians or somebody really annoying is going to win this stanley cup after beating like a malkin and hornfist list like penguins or some shit or like they're they're just going to walk through all these teams without two or three major players in a 2014 postseason format in the middle of like august and i i don't know i don't know i'm i want to watch hockey but at the same time, I don't know. I don't know what the postseason is going to look like if that's allowed to go on. Which honestly, I agree with the NBA players. I feel like that should be an option, all things considered. Uh,
0: I'm of two minds about this. Where on the one hand, yeah, I, I 100% agree that a player shouldn't be forced to risk his health to go play uh, the playoffs at this point, especially when the league's been shut down for this long. Uh, it's, that is not within their contract that they have to, to risk their health at any point, you know, beyond the the limitations of basketball, like that's, that's above and beyond. And it, it certainly is not something they should be forced to do. And I, I feel like that certainly cheapens my experience as a sports fan, knowing that these guys are reluctantly playing, uh, on the, the side of the, the tournament, though, I do find it funny that people talk about it as like a random assortment and a COVID cut. It's not a random assortment. And the other mind for me is that, well, these guys all played the regular season to get to this point. And if they don't do this, essentially that regular season means jack shit at the end of the day. And that's I don't like that. But obviously, I'd much prefer to have these guys healthy and not be forced into playing something they don't want to play. But I don't feel like the tournament's random, and I don't feel like whoever is awarded a cup is not without merit, because these, all, these guys all played the regular season to get to this point. So there is a point to it, but yeah, it, just, it makes me feel bad and dirty if somebody's got to play this when they don't want to be there.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, to the regular season point, my thing, too, now is we're getting to the point where this is going to be longer than off-seasons. Like, most of the time, the Cup's handed out in the middle of June. You start back up in October. We've been on pause since the middle of March, and we're at the middle of June now. So that's three solid months that, like, this break is going to be longer than any recent Post season break, or like any random or regular off season break, so it's gonna be like it just feels like an isolated tournament now. the the, the regular season, I guess, feels like I'm not. I I'm, I not that, I'm not but... saying I'm. I I assume I'm in the minority here. I'm just saying like I feel like everything. I don't know.
0: I I think a lot of people kind of. I think it's like fifty fifty to be honest, based on what I've seen out there. Where. Uh, you know, people are kind of both boats and this is certainly a unique situation that calls for it. Uh, yeah, yeah. that said, the, the one thing that would, you know, I, I said before, I think it's absurd that you would put an asterisk next to the, the Stanley cup winner this year. But if key players are choosing not to play for their own health, that certainly is a case for an asterisk and having a, a cup that, you know, really you can deride for not really being a real Stanley cup victory. Because if you're, working your way to the the championship let's say a terrible situation where the New York Rangers do it and basically oh God, because man shows up but nobody else does starwise <laughs> and he just destroys everybody you know that's 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 a questionable championship for sure and and nobody certainly nobody wants that except for you know Rangers fans but um that's the one scenario where, yeah, I think the, the asterisk is extremely valid. If key players are staying home, like let's say Sidney Crosby stays home and the flyers are supposed to play the penguins and the flyers like slaughter the penguins or they even just get by the penguins without Crosby. Like, yeah, that's, that's a nightmare scenario for us because then, you know, the, the penguins fans are going to be able to hold that. Like we can't hold that victory over their heads. Cause they're going to go, yeah, Crosby stayed home. It, who cares that doesn't count (laughs) it means nothing
1: yeah yeah i mean that's yeah and i just i wonder how many like if this is a thing that the nba is actually opening up i wonder how many players now are going to come out and be vocal about it now going forward now that it is an option and it's not like am i the only one that's going to voice this concern uh and again this is all i don't even know if the nhl is even going to open up this avenue for their players to uh stay home if they want to uh it feels not like an NHL thing feels very anti-NHL to give them that option
0: oh you gotta give 110% all for the team
1: yeah this is again a unique situation so they might actually care about the players health for uh for this one incident but uh
0: my question here though is I can so maybe not a question but I feel like there's actually and this could be Completely off base. So, apologies if it is, but with the exception of Brad Marchand, I feel like Marchand, uh I feel like the NHL is a less, I, I guess, a less dangerous sport for the spread of COVID than than basketball in theory, because basketball there's very little equipment involved, and you know you're. I, I feel like the equipment barrier and if they wear like full face masks works in the NHL's favor.
1: So okay, wearing full face masks would be a thing. But again, I don't know
0: But you know fighting, no like are people not gonna fight, are people not gonna scrap, you know? Like that's that's really where the danger comes, right?
1: Yeah, and I know I mean, I feel like hockey is more physical than basketball. I know basketball you lean on people a lot when you're down low or you're boxing them out and everything, but hockey But
0: you're you're making physical contact all the time, like hands, face, like that kind of stuff, like Yeah, you're you're touching each other all the time, whereas hockey, you've got gloves and pads and sticks and there's a lot less like skin to skin contact. That's what I mean.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it doesn't isn't a big deal with COVID, though, that it also can spread on material, though. So like if you have the pads and stuff and everything, it really doesn't kind of matter if you're going to be like if you're just spreading it, like whatever you touch is going to be prone to. No, am I crazy here? I don't know if,
0: well, you got to be careful at all times, you know, regardless. Like, that's one of the things that's driving me nuts is now that Pennsylvania's in yellow, people are going out acting like, oh, it's all cured, it's fine, and, you know, I'm just going to go to the restaurant and hang, like, it's, it's driving me insane. Like, it is still a problem. Wear a goddamn mask. But, like, wearing a mask helps, uh, I could be speaking out my ass here, but... I don't know. I would think that just, yeah, but that's I, I would true. think that if you're not like face washing each other, you know, and I don't know. I don't yeah, know see, how it works, the, but in theory, right. in theory because there's less skin to skin contact it's stuff like that, the NHL should be in a better position, but I don't I don't freaking know.
1: Yeah, that's the thing is like there, I feel like there's going to be a lot of in theory stuff in the NHL. It's like, well, in theory they could not face wash each other and it's like, well, you know, these like some of them are gonna forget about that mid-play or after a whistle, and they're gonna still do right, it. Martian. It might be it might be cut down or limited. Yeah, Martian, exactly. Like it might be cut down significantly, but like it's still gonna happen. Like the things that just next to each other, at face-offs, too. Like scrums from front of the net, board battles in the corner. I feel like they're always, Like I feel like hockey's gonna be the worst when it comes to the spread of it. I don't know, uh, like NBA isn't exactly that much better, but the NHL, there's a lot of, I mean, you're, and everything. It's interesting that covers.
0: we're on opposite sides here, because I, I really think the NBA is like the the worst position for it, just because you're so close to each other at all times.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I don't think either are really ideal. I don't think there's an ideal sport to, honestly, I think this I was gonna say this, baseball would have the easiest one, but they—they're uh, kind of doing the whole NHL thing and not really trying to play this year. So. Uh, oh,
0: yeah. baseball's out NHLing the NHL this time. Like they are going all the so way back. They're going to throw back to 1994 right now.
1: Yeah, that's which is. I mean, I. I guess do what you gotta do, but they. I feel like yeah, baseball would have the easiest the easiest time, and then. Um, yeah, I guess football would be the worst. I, I, these two honestly are kind of guess inter- interchangeable, but. I, I, th- I think NHL would have the hardest time. I don't know. It feels like they're just over each other more than the NBA. But again, that's a uh, potato-potato, I guess, when it comes down to it, right? Yeah. I yeah.
0: guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we'll yeah, find out. N- no sane person says potato.
1: <laughs> that's true. I've never heard somebody say that outside of that statement. So that's, uh, that's a very good point. Uh, small group action, though. Like we said, the uh, Pro-Ruff, Ghost, and Couture a were part of the six gators for the flyers, uh, other noteworthy returns were Jake Gensel was back on the ice for the penguins. Uh, you'll, you'll remember he had season ending shoulder surgery back in December or early January.
0: But well, of course uh,
1: that, yeah, that wouldn't be season ending for the penguins because you know, why would that why would that happen? So of course, I called that one.
0: I a hundred percent called that one. God damn it. I hate being right. In and then, case.
1: Johnny Boychuk with the Islanders, uh, who took uh, our Terry skate to the eyelid a week before the pause, uh, came back and he was on the ice today, apparently, or on the ice this week uh, with the Islanders. Uh, so that's uh, not a bad swing, go from being almost blind to uh, playing the end of the regular season. That's a timeline that nobody would have expected when he got that injury. Also worth noting, too, uh, I, I think this came out last week, but we didn't talk about it. Uh, the seven teams that were eliminated, Red Wings, Senators, Devils, Sabres, Ducks, Kings, and Sharks, are free to make trades with each other, uh, a league source confirmed to Pierre Lebrun. So uh, those really what bad
0: teams. Do do?
1: <laughs> so now that they're going to be sitting around for a while, maybe they can uh, draw up some of those really, really interesting trades just among themselves. Just, just shuffling bad players back and forth, so. That'd be kind of wild, though, if like Dylan Larkin went to the Sharks or some shit. I I hope that doesn't happen, but it won't. It won't happen. You guys don't need to worry about that. Anyway, that is.
0: (laughs) If Dylan Larkin (laughs) goes to the Sharks, it's just like cool, (laughs) like great. Talk about two teams I do not give a shit about: the Red Wings and the Sharks.
1: If the Red Wings really want to get, like, they really got the number one pick this year. If they really want to get it again next year, you trade Dylan Larkin. Oh man. Looking at like nine wins, looking at 10 wins next year. It's going to be a...
0: Trust the process situation right there.
1: It's going to be not cool if you're a Red Wings fan. Speak, well, there's no segue here. Another topic of uh, interest this week for the... uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's no segue here is your segue. Why don't you leave the segues to me? Because I know how to segue, sir. All right, go ahead, Hush. Well, up, no, uh, I don't. I to... I wasn't in charge here, so you, we are already we're already on it. We're already on it. All
1: right, so uh, Steve doesn't have a segue to go into the Masters in trophy nominees. Uh, I will go through all the nominees, and I will say, unfortunately, uh, and again, I, I don't know how to phrase this properly. It feels like Glenn Blom has a pretty good chance of winning the Masters this year, which is not anything I think you actively want to win at any point in time because he is currently battling a ewing sarcoma. Uh, The only way
0: you want to win the Master Din is if you were really shitty for a year and then really good, or you're an old guy who's uh, having a resurgence.
1: Yeah, so like, and those were, there were a couple of those this year, but they were legitimately like decent ones of those, and then people that are just overcoming like actual uh, life events. So I thought we could run through each of them because there are some pretty interesting ones, I think we can make fun of the guys that are just, you know the team didn't have any other choice, so they just picked them and uh for starters uh the ducks had nobody else to choose so they chose ryan miller because i don't know because he's still around i guess is the major. he has to play for the ducks like i don't know why he got he didn't he didn't have to go through any i don't believe he had any major life events over the last besides year being a dick. yeah besides being ryan miller and you know being being a fucking i don't even know He's Prist- been in
0: the league for 85 years, and he's been a dick for every one of them.
1: <laughs> he's really been, yeah, he's been a big old cock for a bunch of them. So Ryan Miller, he's probably not winning the Masters. Uh, Connor Garland, uh, front of the show. been talking about him for five years now. Um, Fifth-round pick uh, in 2015, 22 goals this season, uh, and I, I also think it's because he's small. So I guess a small late-round pick that managed to become a, a tangible uh, player in the NHL, 22 goals Jesus. this season. He's not winning it. So those that is two,
0: that, one, that well, one's like the weakest one I've ever like. Ryan Miller's got a better case for being. No. like five, Oh, you're slightly below average height for the NHL. Good. Yeah, I would
1: say that's I guess few, NHL
0: average right. height is a few inches higher, but it's still like, yeah, yeah. OK, he's 5'10". Cool.
1: <laughs> uh, next one is Kevin Miller, who missed all of the 2019 postseason and all this season with a fractured kneecap. And apparently is still practicing with the Bruins and is anticipated to come back next season. I feel like that's a pretty good choice. Not going to beat Limblom or a couple of the other options here, but it might get nominated. That's a good option. Uh, Curtis Cesar, another one of just uh, overcoming himself being bad. Spent last season in the NHL and then earned a regular role with the Sabres this season. He has 10 points in 38 games with the Sabres this year after having 41 points in 57 games last year with the Stockton Heat. Mark Giordano being a good guy.
0: Cool.
1: (laughs) That's pretty much it.
0: Bottles all Uh, ice cream.
1: Yeah, Mark Giordano for the Flames, by the way, uh, and then for the Hurricanes, James Reimer is their choice. Played a bigger role in the team after he was brought yeah. in uh, when he was traded to or when he joined the Hurricanes. It looked like he may have not even been a backup, but then the way it worked out, he ended up playing a major role in the team this year. Chicago, Corey Crawford, the vertigo and the knee injuries and back-to-back seasons bounced back and had a pretty good uh, season this year. Ryan Graves, see Crawford. Boston, that's a good one yeah crawford is a good one crawford is a good one and even guys like even got a guy like ryan graves here who is again not he's not gonna win the word come close but he went from being a guy that was involved in a nothing trade back in february 2018 he was trading a one for one for chris bigra who is now with the phantoms uh that was what he was getting up for in february 2018 he's now in the top pair of the abs uh with kale mccarr lead leading plus minus there you go steve that's the important stat so that alone might get him the uh a master plus nomination 40. <laughs> a plus 40. yeah so plus 40 and 69 games by the way uh, very nice uh nice. amount of games there but and another another good one in terms of just overcoming uh hockey nathan gerby who uh was with the hurricanes back in 2015-16 then left north america and played in the nla uh switzerland's to top league in 2016-17 Came back and worked his way into AHL action and two NHL games in 2017-18 with the Blue Jackets. Spent all of 2018-19 with the Cleveland Monsters in the AHL. Blue Jackets AHL team.
0: Also, again the being short.
1: And then also worked his way to getting AHL action this year for 10 points in 30 games. And then also is still short. Has been very short the entire time. He's been like, oh man, I want to say he's like four foot four. He's not a big dude. I lose track of him on the ice a lot. Uh, it's really, it's alarming how small he is. Uh, Steven so Johnson.
0: It's unbelievable.
1: <laughs> Steven Johnson is a good one. Returned to the uh, NHL action after missing 22 months with headaches. So, a lot of the whole long process of him returning the action. And then I think he was able to, I think he came in back in like January this year. So, like, he hasn't been in uh, returning the NHL action for long, but he was off the edge for another two years.
0: Hope we can be talking about Nolan Patrick in this regard next year.
1: Yeah, again, Nolan Patrick might be the – I mean, if he ends up playing next year, he might be the guy for the Flyers. Um, for the Red Wings, they chose Robbie Faber. went through two major knee injuries and then also had to play for the Red Wings. I mean, he was dealt to the Detroit, so that's a poor guy. Um, and then Connor McDavid is a guy that may not even get nominated this year but has a might have the best case for winning it because uh, he tore his PCL in PCL, the final game of the 2018-19 regular season. Was expected to be out for months, and they were talking about maybe even missing the start of this regular season. Came back, only missed seven games this season, finished second in the league with 97 points. Uh, I think it would be a bigger story if his teammate wasn't uh, on, on track to win the heart in Leon Draisaitl. So I feel like McDavid has a pretty good case to win this this year.
0: You know what McDavid's biggest hurdle is? Being the best player in the NHL.
1: Yeah, that might work against him in this case. The good old Sidney Crosby up for Selkie argument, too. Yeah, that would be a fitting. Uh, Nola Char for the Panthers. A little bit of him being a bad player. This is just him being better than uh, just himself before. But I forgot that he broke his sternum last postseason. So, like, I don't want to make that joke for a guy that broke his sternum because that sounds like it fucking sucks. So broke his sternum last season and then came through with career highs of 20 goals and 27 points this season. I think he was the biggest Cy Young uh, stat line out there. 20 goals and 7 assists is pretty, uh, pretty fucking selfish. But Noel Chari, not going to get nominated. Uh, Jonathan Quick for the Kings. Uh, who knows? I guess because he's getting old and worse. And they just want to give him a shout out for still showing up to the rank every day. I don't know what the King option is. Uh, Alex Delock. Finally earned uh, his chance of being a star in the NHL and went 20-11-4 with a 9 10 save percentage, 2.67 GAA, and four shutouts to help the Wild uh, earn a playoff spot. I mean, wouldn't have in a regular NHL season, but thanks to the 2014 format, they get in there. Uh, same with the Canadiens. Shea Weber did help the Canadiens get to that point. And uh, again, this was... Uh, he overcame some significant injuries, had knee and foot surgeries. And I also kind of feel like this might be a uh this might be them just trying to point out that Subban didn't have the best year and is on his way out in New Jersey. But uh, you know, that just might be that might be look, me looking this, uh, with a little bit of judgmental stare. But who knows? That might be You're a
0: judgmental man.
1: <laughs> yeah, that might be what it is, but uh we'll see how that contract's looking in a couple more years. Uh Nashville, Jared Tanardi. Yeah, seriously. There you go. Suck a burst, man. Jared Tenorti uh, was a first-round pick in 2010, and then this year, a decade later, uh, set career highs in games played with 28, a goal, an assist, points, and hits with 71. So that, again, Predator is not the best case. Devils, Travis Jack for being Travis J. Jack, Not exactly the best case. Uh, Islanders, Thomas Hickey, whose uh, older brother Dan passed away in March from a cancerous uh, brain tumor. So that would be a potential guy that might uh, win a nomination here. Uh, the Rangers, Lundqvist for being old and them never winning him a cup. And also now he's got to watch Igor Shosturkin and, and Alexander Georgiev come in and uh, steal a cup from him. So that's going Hen- on.
0: Henrik Lundqvist for... Just being a Ranger his entire career, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, they're just like, sorry about that whole cup thing. Would you like this trophy instead? Is this fine? <laughs> Is this the same thing? Uh, Ottawa, Bobby Ryan, a very, a very good one. Uh, left the team. I think he left the team in November to enter rehab and work on um, alcohol issues uh, the, the alcohol issues he was battling, and then came back later in the season and actually ended up. Uh, netting a hat-trick, I believe, in his return to Ottawa. And that was right before the the pause. So, with Lindblom, I feel like Bobby Ryan is a pretty good option. Uh, again, not exactly... I mean, that's never an easy thing to encounter and realize that you need to, to fight against and um, to actually go ahead and do it in the middle of a season and to take accountability like that, I guess. Maybe not the right word. And, you know, I'm not trying to sound insensitive. Uh, but to... Address that situation, then somehow come back in the same season and hit their stride on the ice is pretty uh, is pretty remarkable. So it's it's admirable. uh, It's uh, good on him
0: for doing that. That's you know that's
1: a hell yeah. Not a lot of yeah. Not a lot of people can uh, look in the mirror and kind of I guess come to that conclusion. So just to be able to do that is is pretty strong. Um, Limblom too. I mean we've been talking about him. So Limblom has a pretty good kid. Good
0: boy.
1: Uh, Evgeny Malkin. I'm going to say it's because he's had to walk around with Evgeny Malkin's face. But according <laughs> to Seth Waraball from uh, Trip, Trip Live, uh, following a subpar 2018-19 season, Malkin honored his all-season training regimen and emerged as the leading scorer for a 2019-20 Penguins team hampered by an outbreak of injuries and oh illnesses. God. Oh, 55 is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to vomit on
0: my points. microphone hearing this. This is like...
1: They what didn't a, have
0: oh any other options. Oh, he's a superstar <laughs> again. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, every team's got to give
1: one. They got nobody They got nobody else out there. It's literally Malkin. Him and his big beak. They, did, they didn't want to say it's because he had to walk around with that face, but that's what it is. That's all it is. That one, Blech. Joe
0: Thornton.
1: Joe Thornton. Uh, Joe I Thornton's mean,
0: got a better case.
1: 83 years old, still out there, you know. Going up and down the ice every night. Uh, it's really impressive. Third straight year Joe Thornton He's not gonna win it because for he being the old guy with the down. sharks. What's that?
0: <laughs> he, he he shaved his beard. He's not gonna get it now. They were gonna they were yeah. gonna give it to him if he had the beard, but now that he shaved it they said no.
1: <laughs> he missed out, yeah. So uh Joe, you know what you gotta do next year? Just don't shave the beard and uh you're good as uh good as ever. Uh Jay Bo Mason for play the blues another 50.
0: What's up? Just play till you're fifty.
1: Yeah, may as well. Only, like, fucking five years away now. Uh, Joe J. B- Jay Beaumister was the choice for the Blues, of course, except for the cardiac event out in Anaheim in early February. Season and career are most likely over, but uh, does not change from the fact that the very uh, worthy of winning this uh, trophy, you know, the Perrier won it after not playing another game, I believe. So uh for the maple Leafs, they chose zach hyman who had major knee surgery last season and then put up 21 goals and 37 points in 51 games this season uh markstrom again that feels like uh, the second straight year they gave it to him last year deserved it because he became it was like his first year of being a really good start in the nhl was pretty decent this year uh but also Vancouver's trying to re-sign them so this might be a little bit of the writers you know kind of trying to work their magic there uh Golden Knights another really good one. Shea Theodore, uh, which I think, I know I forgot about it, uh, was diagnosed with testicular cancer back in May of 2019 uh, because he went to go play in the World Championship and then came back that he was um, tested positive for that, underwent surgery later in the summer, um, and was cancer-free when he published his uh, Players' Tribune article right the season went on to have career highs with 13 goals 33 assists and 46 points averaging 22 14 of ice time this season so again that's a pretty good one michael kempney is another pretty good one Towards hamstring on march 20th 2019 and underwent surgery on april 2nd Expected to put him out 46 months came back and had 18 points in 58 games this season and then last but not least mark letestu for the jets Spent all last season in the AHL and returned to the NHL this season, played in seven games before he was diagnosed with myocarditis, which is an inflammation of the heart muscle, and has not played since. So Limblom, I think Limblom should at least be nominated, if not win it. But there are it's a it's a deep feel when it comes to this trophy. I don't wanna say there are a lot of good candidates because that feels weird because this is a trophy given out to people overcoming. A lot off the ice so it's not you know nobody's angling to overcome these struggles uh it's just the fact that they end up uh persevering i guess so hopefully hopefully no, next season we don't have to hear about anybody having to go through these struggles hopefully everybody's just fine you know nobody's sick uh, or gets hurt or anything and everything's okay but um i'm thinking Yeah,
0: I, I feel like the Masterton, while it's a great like obviously, it's it's fantastic to recognize these guys. Like, it, it's such a tough. Like, it's so tough for me to boil this down to one guy, especially when there's so many worthy winners here. Because like, yeah. they're, this year they're not to, not to be cheesy, but they're all winners, right? Like so the oh fact boy. that I I mean, but no, <laughs> it sense, like the I want to award all these guys for for overcoming this stuff and for persevering like yeah, yeah. it's it's just weird to you know say like this guy who overcame cancer is more deserving than this guy who overcame right. cancer it's just like it's, it's a, be... a moral conundrum
1: yeah usually and the thing too is usually there are just like that's why I said this this field was uh, deep when it comes to this award this year because usually there's not like there's a third of these teams are guys that are fighting like a huge something that need treatment for a huge illness off the ice and then have also come back and been fine like in the NHL afterwards. So it's, it's not like a clear, like usually most seasons just like Lindblom and there's one other person that has some crazy life event going on that they're overcoming and then that's it. But there's like 10 teams that have a person that overcame like season ending injuries and then had a good season or dealing with something major off the ice like Lindblom or Bobby Ryan. So it's a,
0: like can we give out like five master tins? Like this is Give out it, all the master
1: tins yeah, this year. There's they so all so many about,
0: deserving guys. It's yeah, it's yeah. like it, it feels shitty to give it to one guy over the other because they've all like overcome, you know, except for yeah. Malkin and never overcome shit. Yeah, yeah. But and, uh, uh, okay. yeah. it, it, it it reminds me a little bit of um there is so they did a, a Mr. Show revival on Netflix a few years ago with Bob and David. Yeah. And they did a chopped sketch where it was, like, a parody of Chopped, and they had, like, the, the three chefs, and uh, the first two had these, like, they all introduced themselves, and the first one, played by Bob Odenkirk, just, like, has this regular story, like, I'm, I'm raring to go, and then the other two have, like, these big, like, sob stories about their life, like, tough things they've overcome, so the Bob Odenkirk chef starts going, like, uh, I, I've overcome stuff, uh, my wife's blind, She's legally blind,
1: <laughs> like, shit like that just not uh, yeah not I, I kind of
0: feel like the teams that are like reaching have nominees here like and again I know they have to nominate somebody but that's what I kind of feel like yeah, Malkin
1: look at what Malkins done yeah what was the uh, Ryan Miller why not vote for Ryan Miller he's definitely still here being a goalie he's been playing for a while. he's played a lot of games behind bad hockey teams he definitely deserves the perseverance award. This
0: there are literally three goalies here that are like nominated for just still being goalies.
1: I like Lundqvist. You know what? Uh, another layer for Lundqvist has to be is that uh, he is a beautiful person that didn't get handed the one thing that I wanted in life. Like that's for as a beautiful person. And I can't relate. That's going to be difficult to not just get handed something. So like, maybe that's what it is. It's like, Hey, look, We wanted to hand you the Stanley Cup because, you know, you're beautiful. But we couldn't do that for you. And sorry that you – like, you had to deal with this secondary trophy. I think that my – just like for Malkin, it's because he was so – he had to go through life looking like that. And, you know, I guess Pittsburgh doesn't have a lot going on right now. And they're like, you know what, maybe he deserves it because he's got to see that beak every time he looks down his nose. you know. But uh, maybe that's what it is with Longquist. But who knows? Who who knows? Even looking back at, like, Thomas Hickey, too. Like, Thomas Hickey may not even get nominated. But his brother just passed away in March. It's just a, a lot of a lot of players going through a lot of pain this year. It sounds I, like. Again, well. I,
0: I know it's it's great to give out a war an award for this like one definitive award, but I really want to give it to like ten guys.
1: It, it's a uh, yeah. There's a. Uh, I'm just uh, glad I'm
0: not on the the committee that decides this.
1: So. Oh uh, yeah, that might be yeah that might be uh difficult to to break down. By the way, we might look at uh trophy winners next week because i know bsh did that this week and uh the, they got a vote before i forget when they to, the deadline is for the voting i think it's before the playoff start yeah so they have to get that in there before uh early early uh, july but we'll we'll, we'll go over that next week because i'm sure we're gonna have we're gonna have to be looking for something to talk about but anyway um you want to talk about uh let's talk about this um the hockey diversity alliance that was created this week including um so, Akeem Alou and Evander Kane are the co-heads of the Hockey Diversity Alliance, an independent organization that started by minorities who will, who play professional hockey. Um, their goal is going to be eradicate, to eradicate racism and intolerance in hockey, aiming for a new generation of hockey players and fans that can respect and understand one another. So, another Peter's Alou incident isn't even imaginable. Yeah, that's what I those my notes on it, but. um Kim Mulkey and Evander Kane, who we both—I mean, we all know who they are—at this point in time. Uh, Evander Kane's on the Sharks, uh, co-heads of the Alliance, and then on the executive committee, executive committee, uh, Wayne Simmons and Chris Stewart, along with Matt Dumba, Trevor Daly, and Joe Ward. Um, I thought JT Brown would also be on there, but I guess uh, you, know, you could probably join uh, later on if you wanted to. But I mean, this I'm is surprised what we...
0: to see a few names not there, like um, like PK Subban and. And people like that, but it's you know, oh. I mean, it's maybe they're just not. I, I don't know, I'm not going to speculate on this. It's yeah, we don't, need, to speculate we don't that. Yeah. I think this is a great committee, this alliance here, uh, a great step in the right direction. Hopefully, they can accomplish a lot. We've spoken on the last two fly parabolis uh, the fly parabolis recorded last week and uh, the fly parabolis under quarantine earlier this week uh, just mm-hmm. about how important it is to. Uh, continue the push forward into making hockey a more welcoming and diverse game. And this alliance definitely helps in that regard. And I, I look forward to seeing what they can accomplish.
1: Yeah, I will say the one thing I like hearing about this is that they are independent of the league. So when issues actually arise, they will have no issue addressing them and bringing their concerns to the league. And it's not just part of the system that might be feeding into the issues um so that that was a huge announcement this week and hopefully that does resolve some if not a lot to all the issues that uh, minority hockey players go through on a daily basis i imagine just wanting to play hockey let alone even trying to get to the nhl level so uh and speaking of that or on the topic of race in hockey um i had mentioned in the past. Steve, you and I both play NHL, uh Chell for the kids out there. Uh but I had mentioned
0: And I am I'm, not a kid, so I do not call it that. <laughs>
1: I don't, yeah, so I said, I'm a grown kids.
0: man who plays <laughs> hockey video games on franchise mode.
1: I grow mustache, I drink beer, and then I play fake hockey like a man. Uh so there's I had talked about how on uh on the online community and uh EA SHL, whatever it's called, the rampant racism. Absolutely horrendous racism. I think I brought that up with the Bill Peters incident, and then I assumed it was just EA not giving a shit or trying, and pretty sure that was going on because then, uh. Oh, video Jeff game
0: companies up. in general do not give a shit do about not. this until now because yeah. people just run around saying the most offensive shit possible, these little shits on there. Well, and they just the run rampant.
1: Is, yeah. No, 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 you're, no, you're right. And they've cut down, they've cut down on, like, uh. For years now, there are ways that you just don't have to talk to anybody you don't know, which, I mean, should always be the case in that mode. But the the thing that was happening was all the club names, all the player names, and then the way they presented their players in accordance with the players' names were all just insane. Like, absolutely insane. As somebody that, you know, I mean, it's... That the racism was just insane on the forums, and I didn't know – I don't even know how to how to even t- talk to about that kind of shit. And now Jeff Follett, who writes uh, – who's a Maple Leafs blogger uh, – I forget where he actually writes for. I think it's a face-off circle <laughs> – wrote a huge article about how EA is messing this up and they need to kind of address this and everything. And then the next day, I think they came out and implemented all these changes because they finally got called out. So uh, they are going to take steps towards eliminating all offensive content produced by the players, names, club names, appearance of players, uh, working on in-game feature that allow players to report an opponent with offensive content. Um, and that's pretty much the two major things they're going to do. But uh, I just wanted to point that out because it was, uh, I felt like it was pretty, it illustrates a lot of what the conversation is right now. Uh, in the country and it, it feels like one of those things that that's an area where everybody needs to be better and it sounds like they're actually going to go ahead and try and focus on that. Now whether or not they're actually going to uh, I guess come through with all this lip service we will see because it is online gaming and people... Uh, a lot of people that want to say something shitty will figure out a way to get around the filters and everything. But now it seems like there's a way those people are now going to still be held accountable. So hopefully uh, it will get cut down and we'll see what comes from it. But uh, that is, uh, that is that. And uh, let's talk about,
0: I actually had a quick note. I had a quick note before we get to that news, but uh, earlier on the 31 thoughts, uh elliot friedman piece that he puts out every week uh had a, a note that regarding roster building for this uh, tournament philadelphia would love to reward oscar Lindblom after his courageous battle with ewing sarcoma but that may not be possible morgan frost is on their list so does Ooh. that mean the flyers were thinking about doing like an honorary spot on the roster for for oscar uh
1: maybe or i mean his his treatments apparently were coming up to a close even though they aren't Done now. So I, I think maybe they were.
0: I would not want him not playing I, at
1: this point. Yeah, absolutely. And now talking about it, I'm talking about him going out and playing in the middle of COVID 19. So he would. He, there is no way he would, there was even in, on the radar for playing this year. So I guess so. Yeah. I guess yeah. it would have been an honorable thing. It must have been.
0: Yeah, but but yeah, I. You got to get Margaret Frost to spot he, I mean. Yeah, you
1: got to actually. He, yeah. yeah.
0: Somebody has if heard he, he's the guy I want in there to you know see what he's got you know show me what you got kind of showcase
1: i was gonna say that whole idea of honoring limblom is nice and everything until you know it's game six of the eastern Conference final and you lose a forward and you don't have anybody else to plug in there for a a roster lineup edition but that's uh that's interesting i mean that was uh was there anything else in those 31 thoughts because that yeah i guess that did just come out while we're doing this uh this recording
0: <laughs> yeah it came, i think it came out like just before we started yeah. so well, uh, it, pretty pretty recent news but that was the main thing i saw
1: okay i right good. i'm gonna do well, the quick
0: the old control f search for for flyers that i always do <laughs> it's sad to say with the 31 thoughts i typically oh we got a y account uh
1: Y. Why Calunuch? yeah
0: yeah i'm not good with those names uh, yeah, hey. the, the, for some reason that's the kind of name that i just can't i'm, I'm not good with uh, a couple weeks ago ncaa wisconsin head coach tony granado indicated philadelphia prospect wyatt kalinuk was leaving school to go pro taken 196th overall in 2017 the manitoba born defenseman has really improved what teams are waiting for is to see if he signs with the flyers or declares his intention to become a free agent after a 30-day waiting period
1: okay all right, so yeah, pretty much what we were, yeah,
0: okay, yeah, stuff that you you're on top of. Where's, yeah, it. I
1: think we're still waiting on uh, yeah, it's like that. His deadline is like two weeks out now, I think, or maybe even down to a week. But from based off of when that news was broken to Tony Granada that he was leaving Wisconsin, I think we we still have like two weeks for the Flyers to sign him. So we'll we'll know more about that next time we uh, record next week. So I didn't think anything, I didn't see guarantee. <laughs> I guarantee it. So uh but did you want to yeah, yeah some other inside information here? Inside
0: information. <laughs> AKA I was scrolling Twitter as we were signing on to do this and I <laughs> saw this news on Twitter. Uh, according to Darren Drager, uh Peter Laviolette is currently the front runner for the New Jersey Devils head coaching job. Uh Nazruddin is still in the mix but Laviolette is the front runner. I you know, it's probably isn't the best hockey move for the Devils, like, yeah, just given LaViolette's, like, recent track record. But uh, I also, you know, just like with Wayne Simmons, I hate seeing somebody I like go to the New Jersey Devils, so I don't want to see it. No, sir. Yeah, exactly. I don't like it.
1: I, I agree. I, uh, again, I, I'm still more worried. I, I think I'd be more worried about Galan going there. Uh, and LaViolette will probably help their offense, but I don't, I, I mean, I really don't, I'm not too worried about why like going to the devils. It really is just a kind of like a, a Simmons thing where it's the purity of it, I guess. <laughs> right. I right. To Cause devils, like Simmons, filter. like I wasn't,
0: yeah. I wasn't worried about it from a hockey standpoint because no, like, it was just like, grinders, uh, you know, at that po- at this point in Wayne Simmons career, he's played a hell of a grinder, tough guy career. And it really wears away on you. And that's, it's unfortunate because we saw the same thing with like Mike Richards and other similar style yeah, players stuff <laughs> players so I wasn't too worried about him going to the devils at this point in his career but you know I didn't want to see it it's just something I don't want yeah. to see because I hate the filthy filthy New Jersey Devils. they are just the worst yeah but, was, uh... you know um we still love we still love the Wayne train of course still a, a fan favorite we we just gushed about the Wayne train uh, on the the flapper in the quarantine earlier yeah. this week at length and i still like peter laviolette even you know you know punching uh in the head peter laviolette
1: that's right you want to know why heartsy it's about as casual as it fucking gets uh well do you want to dunk on so do you want to dunk on espn now because oh, I I to be to this was a huge thing on twitter this week and i could not give less of a shit but we'll go over it uh Uh, so Max Kellerman was. there's nothing
0: else to talk about that's why it was interesting.
1: (laughs) Max Kellerman was on one of those talking shows on ESPN and uh, he put out this line quote listen and I don't he was talking to Stephen A. Smith I think quote listen I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings but in the United States of America no one really cares about hockey you know the old joke is every town has 20,000 hockey fans and they all have season tickets so the arenas are always sold out but the TV ratings don't do anything so it's not one of the four major team sports so like Again, I don't really fucking care what Max Kellerman says. Is, was everybody what's freaking out? Major team sport? I don't like, know. What's the I fourth mean, major team
0: sport? What's the fourth major team sport? The MLS?
1: I, I have no idea what they're angling for. I think so. If you're talking about like entities, I can see the argument that the NHL is in the top four because you have college baseball and you have, or not college baseball, college football and you have college basketball. So like I could get the argument of the other three major sports and then college basketball basketball and college football being more popular than the
0: nhl great industries like, that the players don't get paid it's great
1: yeah oh i'm not you know, we're, you know i know you're i know i'm just making artwork, comments
0: yeah. i'm making commentary
1: uh but the uh but i mean you know, again we don't need to break down anything this guy says because i mean it's man it's like, i just told i can't remember the last time max kelmer that i said anything and i was like man it's a really solid point. That's a lot of thought that went into that point, and I agree with it. Like he's just, and again, this is a guy that's talking about fucking, like his favorite sport's boxing, isn't it?
0: So who gives like, a
1: shit? yeah, who gives a shit? Like he's talking, like I who don't cares? Give a shit?
0: Yeah, I, I saw Everybody, Max Kellerman said something about hockey, and I was like, I don't give a shit. People talk shit about hockey all the time. I don't care. The problem with a lot of the NHL's fan base is like everybody's so desperate for hockey to get recognized for the the great sport it can be, and. That it turns into the what we usually mock on Twitter with, like, please like my sport. It's like, yeah, why doesn't I'll... he like my sport? Like, you know what? It's not for everybody. Fuck him.
1: It, feel, it felt like a lot of insecurity going on. Like, I think even Linda Kona like tweeted at him. I'm like, you're on the same yeah. network. Just go down the hall and talk to him. Like, ask yeah. him like what's going on. Like, that's I, all you have to I, do. We don't these... need to broadcast
0: these talking head bullshit. You know, like I don't care. And the thing is, most of these people just say stuff to get that kind of reaction. I mean, that's their job. Like, yeah, you Honestly, would have thought, by based on like Howard Eskin's radio persona, that he would be the meanest person in the world. But I don't know. I met him, and I know people who interned for him, and they said he was really nice to them. So, like, <laughs> it's it's a persona. Like, I mean, not with everybody. Like, you know, Mikey Miss is like strangling people left and right and spilling coffee all over himself, but he hasn't strangled anybody in a while.
1: He hasn't, he hasn't strangled it, and he hasn't agreed with a racist in nearly like two weeks now. Yeah, he's gone a couple of days now without spilling, piping hot coffee all over his groin. Like He's he's doing all right now. All right, everybody, so let's it's get off right. Mike Miz's back, right? right? We need him to like hockey. <laughs> Sorry, army <man>. What's that?
0: <laughs> we need him to like hockey. We need him to like and respect Flyers, Then I, yeah. I don't care. I don't care. You shouldn't care. It's just getting a lot of, like, it's an easy retweet and go, what an idiot.
1: Yeah, that's and I think I guess that's what it, it must have been a lot of blowback for. I guess that would have been the normal course of action if it was a normal news cycle. But this is a, uh, I mean, this was the last week, so uh, a lot of stuff was just going on in general everywhere. So I guess people were just one to focus on yelling at Max Kellerman. Which I guess in that case, I mean, thank you for your service, Max Kellerman, for being a uh, national punching bag. I don't know, but uh, again, Max Kellerman. And he's Kellerman, wrong,
0: but it's Colin Coward. He, I also yeah, don't like, care. <laughs>
1: Yeah, like Oh, these that, oh god. Yeah, let's just let them go say what they want to say. I mean, it's fine. I don't really give a shit. So I, let's I've go see what
0: all. Skip Bayless has to say now.
1: <laughs> it's all stuff that like I just I feel like the the more when people say they don't like hockey, you have less of a reaction. Usually, it bodes well. And the chances of them paying attention/slash liking it more. So if we all just ignore Max Gellerman, which, again, he's probably going to be on boxing. Uh, you know, he's going to be doing a lot of play-by-play for boxing matches. You don't need to uh, tune in for those. So he'll he'll get all the national slate pretty soon. The national eye. So the national let's uh, eye, yeah. The, it, the it, net, it, it, hashtag national eye.
0: I have never understood the obsession with these talking head sports shows where people just scream at each other about sports all day. Like, well, you're an asshole.
1: Yeah, I, I, it's, I don't.
0: Over what? I like, it. because he thinks that, like, Jordan's better than LeBron?
1: <laughs> Which is, like, a topic they'll talk about. Yeah. Ad I, I guess I, the I, hockey
0: I, equivalent is uh, Ovi's a better goal scorer than Gretzky. Okay, cool.
1: Yeah. I guess we'll, we'll find
0: what... out and see if he scores more.
1: I remember watching Cold Pizza. That was the only one I used to watch, and that was because when I would stay home from school, that was on in the middle of the day when I was, like, in middle school. So, oh, I
0: mean, back in the day, I used to watch Sports Center like five times in a row in the morning yeah. back in the lake, yep. you know, yeah, was it, it was, with the entertaining yeah. anchors with uh, Dan Patrick, <laughs> Stuart Scott,
1: Olbermann. Dan Patrick. Oh, yeah. Stuart oh, Scott. Keith Olbermann, yeah. Uh, Rich booyah, Eisen, booyah,
0: Eisen. Booyah, booyah, booyah. I'm old. I,
1: I believe. Sweet,
0: sassy, molassy. I'm old.
1: The one two punch for me when I was like in first and second grade was I think it was Stuart Scott and Rich Eisen like every day. I think those were the two guys. Like every yeah. morning, get up, yeah. Oh, so that was good back, times. Uh, but
0: like I, but I also you know like there was not that much to watch. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah. I you know it's yeah I'll watch sports highlights all morning sports. while I'm doing bullshit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it was the only. It, there was no Twitter. That, this was before you even dial-up internet for me. So like this was way back in the day of just that was it. That was the only was source of information.
0: I watch five sports centers in a row, or I dig through my VHS tapes. R- rewind them. <laughs> 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 How's
1: that? Rewinding
0: uh... just took the fun out of everything. Like it just the the, the whole rewinding process, kids. It's oh, okay. it was no good.
1: The worst was when you would get a would you when you would rent a video, and you would put it in, and it was not rewinded all the way back. Those people mm. need to be. The worst people. You'd put it in. You're yeah.
0: like, it's time to watch this, and then you'd see the credits, and you'd, you'd say, it <laughs> or you'd and get like you'd, the, ending. you'd have to bust out the old rewind machine, which looks like a toy car, or like the Batmobile or something. Press the button on the front that opens it up. You got to make sure you put the tape in the right way. Pop that sucker down. You wait like five minutes for it, to... and you got, you kind of smell a little burning, and then uh you got to rewound tape. Then you gotta these, fix the tracking.
1: These kids, these fucking kids have no idea how these easy. Fucking have kids it. have no These idea. Fucking kids. I'll tell you, you what. Watch
0: any movie you want within minutes. And you don't have to go to Blockbuster and deal with all their bullshit, late fees.
1: <laughs> all the fucking politics are going to Blockbuster. I mean, you know, it's. Anyhow, it was an experience, uh,
0: Craig. It was an experience.
1: Yeah, no, there's there's no two ways about it. It was definitely something to remember. Uh, I, okay. So we got some real serious stuff to talk about here, Steve. Uh, well, I just wanted to mention, I did go through my DMs. Wait, uh, is I this the real DM.
0: motherfucking deal y'all that's coming up?
1: Uh, I would say, uh, I don't, I don't want to, uh, yeah, we'll say this. Yeah. But I was going to pitch to you live a, a fuck idea via Steve for uh, at new year, Steve 95, uh, offered up the idea of doing flyers. We love, to hate or flyers, we hate to love. Oh, that's interesting. That would be it. Would be an interesting one. I did uh, also uh, throughout the idea of looking at the best individual seasons uh, in franchise history. It also gave me personally a very nice DM. I wanted to point that out. I didn't want to read it uh, on the podcast, so everybody would have to you know roll their eyes and throw up while I'm reading through it. But I did want to say I appreciate the DM, Steve, and also uh, thought I could bounce these ideas off your off you. See how you, I was going to say off your head. I don't know why. <laughs> Just I don't really bounce ideas off somebody's head. But anyway, there's uh, another DM throughout the idea of looking at uh, franchise tags, like what a franchise tag would look like for the Flyers or other NHL teams. So okay. I forgot to do but I will look into that. Also, I wanted to point out, uh, we did get a tweet right before the podcast from a friend of the show, Jesse Murdoch, uh, at Logan 37 underscore 138, pointed out that Aaron Lewis has confirmed that Stain is making new music. And I believe the person that Jesse included on the tweet made this joke originally when he shared the news link. But uh, if you thought 2020 couldn't get any wilder, you better get ready for some new Stain. So if you, if you thought 2020 was done, nope. Uh, turns out new Stained music is coming your way, and I'm sorry in advance. So just get so ready this, for that.
0: This is the real motherfucking deal, y'all. <laughs> okay, so not it's not everybody knows what I'm talking about here. It's been a while. So the band Stained, one of the early 2000s new metal shit bands that we talk about a lot. Uh, the, ori- the, the single version of their song Outside that got released has, it was a live version and it has Fred Durst from Limp Biscuit introducing Aaron Lewis as he's like singing the song and he starts it off going like, this is the real motherfucking deal. And it's a, a slow acoustic oh. song. It is just so obnoxious. It's one of the most obnoxious intros to anything I've ever heard. And it has stayed with me ever since.
1: Starts. By the way, starts and, and that's his only contribution to the song and got a credit on it. That's why it's fucking hilarious because it made the song worse. He just
0: sitting on a stool in his backwards red cap, yeah, Durst, spin it up. It
1: was just Fred Durst coming out saying "motherfucking deal, y'all. and then like that was it. Like that was his line, and then the crowd went nuts because they were in Biloxi, Mississippi. I only,
0: <laughs> and, then, and then he read? sings, and then he sings a like depressing song about feeling like an outsider for three minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you ever uh, did you ever read Breaking Madden? The uh, uh, every now and then,
0: just uh, here and he
1: he had one where he wanted people to just tweet out possible play names, and one of them was somebody tweeted at him outside, parentheses, featuring Fred Durst live in Baluxy, and parenthesis. And I thought that was like my favorite. <laughs> I that's what, whatever I think about now is I think of that fucking article. But the uh, what talk about just a, a live version of a song you don't need. We, nobody knew that, like, and especially <laughs> it's that. It's so menu. depressing. Meeting that person as like the added element. Like, we didn't need any of that. But thank well, listen, you,
0: as as a mopey teenager, I I appreciated it, very mopey.
1: Yeah, I definitely related to that, as a fourteen year old in fucking hillbilly nation down in Maryland. So thank you for that. <laughs> that was great. Really related. <laughs> uh, uh Lassie Kukinon. Moving on to more um, important
0: things. Okay.
1: Lassie Kukanen has uh, retired, officially announced his retirement from hockey. Uh, if that name sounds familiar, it's because he was a former Flyer. Uh, spent parts of three seasons with the Flyers from 2006 07 to 09. What's that?
0: L- Lassie Kukanen has to be one of the weirdest names in Flyers history.
1: Oh, just like, are you talking about from literally in terms of like. Just weird? being a weird name. Like, it yeah, is yeah. a weird no, name. up there. He left next season, or actually. The last thing he was there, Ossie Vandenik came, came in. So that blue line just had a lot of, a lot of fun names going on. But uh, seven points, one of which was a goal in 95 regular season games and two assists in his 14 games during the Flyers' 2008 run, his only oh, NHL she... expe- playoff experience. Uh, lone goal came in a 43 loss to the Panthers on October 24, 2007. Oh, he she came to the Flyers uh, with a third-round pick, which became Garrett Klotz from the Hawks in exchange for Kyle Calder, and then also left... Who uh,
0: the Calder Trophy is named after.
1: Free, Yeah, that's right. Left the Flyers fl- via free agency and signed in the KHL. last well, see
0: Kyle Calder stuck in a well again!
1: In the KHL with Avangard Omsk, and then two seasons with Metal- Metalurg Magnitogorsk, and one season in the SHL with Robo BK, before he spent the last... Three seasons with Karpat in Liga, which is uh, Finland's highest league. Uh, Karpat is uh, is uh, uh hometown team. Uola uh, Finland. I don't even know how to say that. Ula, O-U-L-U. In,
0: in the 70s, it was called Shag Karpat. Good night and good hockey.
1: There you go. That's a good one. That's a, got it in there. That was a dad we, joke right there. That was a dad yeah, joke. we got that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, has been captain every year with that club. Except for 2018-19, where he was the alternate captain. He uh, also won three titles with Carpot in the league uh, in 2014, 2015, and 2018. Uh, and then I personally will never forget his horrendous turnover in Game 1 against the Caps in 2008, where he just held onto the puck in front of the net, and then Ovechkin stripped him and beat Buran for his first playoff goal ever, and uh, gave the Caps a winning game the one of that series. Flyers ended up winning that series, but I just, that's a uh, shout out to Lasky Kukunin. Uh Not a lot going on. And he was, uh, he was definitely a defenseman here. Number 28, number three, arguably the best 28th ever wear a Flyers uniform. Uh, you know? <laughs> so,
0: no argument. It's, it's true.
1: You know, so, uh, and number three, uh, I mean, I'd say he's better than Dan McGillis and uh, Curtis Foster, you know? I know meet, Claude to Drew 10, was
0: man. better when he wore 56. I'll hang up and listen.
1: Yeah, those two games as 56 were a lot better than, <laughs> whatever he's done you know now so that's uh that's the last that's what he's up to he's done playing hockey and uh we will be looking uh i mean uh you want to go around the league now steve get this puppy let's on go there. around the league uh jeff carter good old high and underwent core muscle surgery last week missed the last 10 games of the season because of it and is expected to be ready for 2020-21 uh when be
0: recovering for... in sea isle
1: yeah probably getting sloshed and why not yeah, why not uh it's Fictitious Flyers, uh, former Flyers. Tommy Wingles, uh, announced his retirement this week. Uh, played with the Sharks, the Blackhawks, and the Bruins, and spent the last two seasons with Geneve Servette HC in NLA, that... which, if you were listening, was uh, Switzerland's top league. Uh, what's up?
0: Was that, a, that was that a Flyers goal scored by the Tommy yeah, Wingles so, uh, like yeah.
1: <laughs> <session>? <laughs> That was a uh, friend's like go-to name like four or five years ago, and it was wonderful. Uh, that, and I think he got some people to believe that Drew Dowdy was a former Flyer. Or at least pissed off people thinking that Drew Dowdy was a former whatever it was, he had too many people working. The Drew Dowdy
0: one. I, I, I think that one yeah. is that Flyra, I think, does that one? I don't know anymore.
1: Flyra is uh that's uh Scott.
0: Yeah, um, I know. Like I, I thought yeah. he did the uh the Drew Dowdy one, but that could have been Fran also. I c I can't keep track anymore with all these fits. let's just credit everybody.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know Tommy Wingles for I I wanna guarantee Tommy Wingles was a uh Flyer School score by creation though. I'm pretty sure it was.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm fairly
1: certain yeah, about that. Yeah. Uh, Hi, friend. Yeah, <laughs> friend of show on whenever he wants to be on. By the way, just throwing that out there. Uh, Left-hand defenseman sure. Lawrence Pilat uh, is leaving the Sabers for Tractor Chelyabinsk in the KHL for 2020-21. Undrafted D-man had six points in 46 games and averaged 17:05 of ice time over the last two seasons for the Sabers. Alexis Lafreniere won the CHL's David Branch Player of the Year award this week second player in chl history to win the award twice along with crosby uh both players did it with rumushki oceanic in the qmjhl he had 35 goals and 77 helpers for 112 points in 52 games this season in the qmjhl he's gonna do it right in the nhl i think and uh speaking of the red wings they signed left-hand defenseman albert johansen to an A- elc second round pick in 2019 Had 13 points in 42 games as far just i in the shl Andre Vala had his contract terminated by the Stars this week. Andre, the 22-year-old left-hand defenseman, had four points in 18 games with the Texas Stars in the AHL, along with 28 points in 104 games in the ECHL with the Idaho Steelheads. By the way, one of my favorite names out of all Great. three of them. Yeah, uh, never played with the Stars, actually.
0: Best and name that... in the 24 major sports. <laughs>
1: Max Kellerman, not a fan of that name, though. Uh, the Coyotes have also named Xavier Agueda. Gutierrez, the president, CEO, and alternate governor, making him the first Latino team president, and CEO, in NHL history, and nice. that is we're going to end on. Yeah, so
0: that's a yeah. nice little little step forward in diversity there, NHL. Let's keep going.
1: Yeah. So uh, and it feels fitting for the Coyotes to do that since they also gave us Austin Matthews. So let's uh, get let's wrap it up. Let's uh, get this okay. show on the road here.
0: This, of course, this podcast brought to you by Ramuski Oceanic, which is the most reliable shipping vessel on the ocean. Uh, if you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad.
1: Yeah, I got nothing. Good. Uh, I mean, they yeah, good, yeah.
0: Cool. You can reach I, me. Uh... <laughs> you can reach me at FlyPerbole or at Esteban, but for your hockey needs, make it FlyPerbole. Also, follow BSH Radio and Broad Street Hockey. Be sure to rate, subscribe, all that great stuff, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know that deal. Uh, And we're on Facebook for whoever still is and not dealing with, uh, you know, Facebook people.
1: Yeah, Facebook people are the worst. Gotta watch out for them. a
0: hive of scum and villainy on there. (laughs) Please listen to us on Facebook.
1: That's Facebook, by the way. Facebook,
0: a hive of scum and villainy. Yeah, that's what they should advertise that. Uh, that's all we got. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, wear your damn mask, wash your damn hands. It's a minor inconvenience.
1: Shit isn't done yet, so keep wearing those. It's not done. I saw a lot of people out there just lollygagging without face masks the other day. Just knock it off.
0: Get a damn Flyers mask and rep. That's all.
1: They'll be on there, yeah. Call it
0: a day. They sell them. They are not hard to get. So wear your mask, wash your hands. Please remember, COVID is still out there. And, ugh, society is exhausting. I just and love that
1: you have to scream that, like, now. <laughs> like, three I, months I into it, it's like.
0: It's, uh, what a world we live in. What a world. Yeah. And remember to keep fighting the good fight out there for social injustice uh, and for reform out there. Black Lives Matter. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, as always, good night and good hockey. Wow, wow.
1: Like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell. And Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport.
0: Yeah! Fly early, Flip, flip, fly